Hebrews chapter 11. We have 40 verses here. And I'd like to give an opportunity for some of you to read the Word of God this morning. Hebrews chapter 11. One person, if you can please read slowly and clearly and loudly. Loud enough. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 20. And someone else can read 21 to 40. Let's hear the word of God being read. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 20, NLT version. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. But before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that like stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners in nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they, would, they could have gone back. But they are looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. 
It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Even though God had asked him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. It was by faith that Isaac promised the blessing for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. Amen. Is that anyone else would like to read from 21 to 40? It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said, confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bonds with them when they left. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him from three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual, unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouth of lions quenched the flames of fire and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. 
Some died by stunning. Some were sold in half. And others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Glory be to God for the clear reading of the word by both Rashawn and Carmel. We appreciate that. What a blessing and what a chapter. As I hear the word again being read, I can see more principles and more sub-themes within this chapter of faith in every few verses. God is relating to us and speaking to us on how this faith can change our destiny. Belief in God, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When he says, I know I have planned for you to prosper you, to bless you, to give you a future that is good. is the promise of God. And it is by faith and not just God's favor. God's favor and our faith combined gives us the best destiny, destination, gives us the best life now and the absolute freedom we need to enjoy God's miracles and to be part of God's miracle work on the earth. In the book of Galatians, the Apostle says, the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, how did you receive the Spirit? Isn't it by faith? And how do these miracles happen among you, isn't it? By faith, the Spirit of God working. There's an active force called faith, and this very faith, according to Ephesians 2, 8 and 10, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. Let's read that scripture, those scriptures. Someone please read Ephesians 2. Verses 8 to 10, please. Anyone? Read Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 10, NIV version. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not from yourself, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are in God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Praise God. Praise the Lord. This faith is given as a gift. It's by grace that we're saved. God's favor, his sunshine, his goodness, his mercy, his miraculous provision for us to be saved. It's a gift. Many would define it unmerited favor. A favor that we don't deserve, God has given to us. But he's also given us the gift to believe. The ability to believe is a gift from God. We get to choose whether we're going to use it or not. In the New Living Translation, it's written um, that we cannot take credit for this. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is, the, it is a gift from God. But that credit needs to be used, or that gift needs to be used, that provision needs to be used 
if one gets a gift card, gift card is given, and we can appreciate it, we can hold it, but unless it's used, it's of really no value to us practically to make a, a difference in whatever need we have. The gift has been given, this salvation, this uh, passage out of Egypt into the promised land. But we need to walk, and the walking is not merely physical locomotion, but spiritual dependency upon God and anticipating God is going ahead of me. In the book of Hebrews, we have not just a dozen or dozens of people who had faith. We have, in the book of Hebrews, somewhere from one and a half to perhaps two, two and a quarter, maybe million people listed in the book of Hebrews. Not just a dozen or so, two dozen, but Hebrews 11 captures for us a snapshot into some one and a half to perhaps an excess of two million people who had faith. All of these people are mentioned here. How? Because not only Barak, not only Samuel, not only David, Abraham, Gideon, Isaac, not only these people, not only Noah and Enoch, the apostle says the time failed me to tell of all the people. All the prophets Right there it exceeds two dozen. But notice he says the very people that complained within days of coming out of Egypt and began to desire, I want to be free from God's rule. And that was the challenge the devil brought through them before Moses and before God. The people that quickly turned away, they had a quality when they left Egypt God was preparing them. They saw every move of God, including the Passover and the great escape and destruction. They had physical locomotion that carried them from one end of the sea to the other on dry ground on foot. The Egyptians also had this physical locomotion and they came even faster, but they drowned while the Israelites lived. And in the book of Hebrews, it's written that these people that came through the Red Sea, Hebrews 11.29, they came through by faith. They exercised the gift that was given to them, and their destiny changed. What God provides, we need to exercise faith to believe that it can become ours. The prophet told the man who was the right-hand man to the king, by this time tomorrow you're going to see a radical difference in the economy. And he challenged that. He did not believe and he ended up coming under the curse. The Egyptians tried to come through. They tried to follow. But they were all drowned. They had no quality of faith. Our faith can make all the difference and the faith is evidenced by a communion with God. Enoch walked with God. And the communion and walk is evidenced 
and described in the Bible as a talk with God. The way I show that I'm walking with God is primarily the truth that I'm talking with God all the time. I'm praying. A person who has a prayer life that is genuine based upon the revelation of God that he is, he's the living God. There's no other God but the one who reveals himself to us, to our human finite minds as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's no other God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. It says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. You must follow them with all your heart. Faith is evidenced by talk, which shows the walk is real. Because the faith, although it is invisible to the world, it's very visible in a person's life. from heaven's vantage point and from our perspective and experience when we walk in the supernatural. The faith is very visible. How? Because there's a communion with God, continuous communion with God. There's a fellowship with God because there's a belief that when I talk to God, God is a good God and therefore... He will help me. You see how faith is involved in this? A gift, but it is exercised. It is cashed by the people who would use it and not the people who would hold it as some inanimate object that can do no good. Faith is not meant to be a showpiece. It is a piece of china ware in a cabinet. It is an active force that must be exercised so that if God provides a way through the Red Sea for each of us, we eagerly believe God and follow his lead right through the Red Sea and come to the promised land. Hallelujah. God gave all of these people mentioned in Hebrews 11, including us, who have the same stock, same family, all saved by grace through faith, and that not from our own selves, it is the gift of God. We're given that passageway, that exit out of bondage, out of Egypt. God has an exodus for each of us, away from our misery and our impossibilities. But it takes faith to go through without drowning. Faith and unshakable trust in the Almighty God. God will see me through. God is for me. If God is for me, who can be against me? A faith that needs to be exercised. These all died without getting what they were looking for. We learn a valuable lesson here. How faith behaves. Abraham Isaac and Jacob, the patriarchs, dwelt in tents. They dwelt in tents. But they sojourned in the very place where their descendants would settle. When God gives us a material blessing, an earthly blessing, our vision must go way beyond what we see with our natural eyes that I'm looking for something more. I'm looking for a city that has a foundation whose builder and maker is God, not made with human hands, but whose builder and maker is the living God. I'm looking for a place. I'm looking for heaven. I'm looking 
for the New Jerusalem, I'm eager to be with my Savior forever. That's genuine faith. Not a faith that takes the blessing and becomes very settled and begins to hold what God gives on this side of eternity so tightly that we begin to take stock and have trust in the things we can see with our eyes and feel with our senses. But the gift of God, not grace or faith, the blessings that are material must be held with thanksgiving, but held uh, with an open hand of worship to God. Freely I've received, freely I give. And whatever the Lord wants to transform and change in my life, rearrange things, we must be like Abraham and not like Lot's wife. Or Lot, for that matter, when he made the decision based upon what he saw with his eyes and not with his spiritual eyes. Money will lead to disaster if it is loved in an inappropriate manner to an inappropriate degree. Comfort will lead to spiritual doom. If the comforts of this life become too cozy, we begin to take pride in it and think that we're going to continue forever and hope it continues forever. Rather than have the pilgrim mentality that God is leading me step by step miraculously and the destiny and destination is closer to home than before. Not simply because of chronology, time passing and my aging, but because there's an active anticipation that regardless of my age or my capacity and how much comfort I have in this life, my home really is in heaven. I long for home. And I long for my Heavenly Father. That was what characterized these patriarchs. They lived a dual existence. And that's how every believer must live. Not a contradictory experience. Part-time thinking about heaven and part-time wanting to live in the earth because of uh, material gain or physical comforts, because of unbelief. If faith is there, then we can see more and more of the treasure of God's presence and the blessings of heaven. But if it becomes weak, we begin to be more believing about the things we can see with our natural eyes and feel with our natural senses. The Apostle Paul said, I don't know what to choose. I'd love to depart and be with Christ. He's my passion. He's my everything. But it's better for me to stay here for your sakes, he said, to the people he ministered to. He wasn't confused, but he was living that Beautiful dual life that genuine faith characterizes. My heart's desire to be with Christ. One thing have I desired and that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord, His glory and to inquire in his temple, to go into deep meditation, thinking about the perfections of my God, lost in his wonder. He is my beautiful Savior. And I can't wait to see him. And yet David, who said those very words, had business to take care of. Not only did he slay Goliath, and he began a a journey to the throne that God had ordained. 
but he was a person who believed in the miraculous provision of God by way of even strength to overcome every obstacle including a lion and a bear and tried to take his flock he did superhuman things because he had faith he believed in the invisible God like Moses and no matter how they may have started out Moses we have the actual things written explicitly there about exactly how he felt as you might have seen in some of the slides from the Exodus study in the life training school he felt he was unfit for the job he knew his weakness he became a nobody in the back desert of Midian from being in the very limelight in the palace of the superpower of the day as a prince he seemed to be forgotten and he forgot who he was in God and that's why he was in essence debating with God when God says I want you to go do this he said but I can't and this is the reason why God but there was a transformation in the man and that's our focus that we live a dual existence not a contradictory one but a complementary one in this life I have things to do for the kingdom of God I have to raise my family in a godly way I have to make sure I walk in the holy path continue to believe God evidenced by my walk with God through my talk with God my communion and my obedience to his commandments to walk circumspectly be careful of every snare and refuse it and be humble and bold in faith to believe God for the miraculous in every situation and the same faith desires a better country too that I have work to do here and things to seek God for I want to see it all come to pass but my greatest desire is to, is to see my Savior face to face to be with him a heavenly country the Israelites did settle in the promised land through Joshua's leadership as the Spirit of God led them but they were still pilgrims how? because we as New Testament believers though we may have apartments and houses and jobs and property and things that God has provided and things that we hold with grateful hearts and wisely use Still, we are called strangers and pilgrims in this world. Faith is good for the here and now and for the there and then, there and later. Now these three things abide, faith, hope and love. The greatest of these is love, but faith is still there. I must believe that God exists as a good God as an all-powerful God through him I can put to flight armies of demons that come against me not through my power not through boasting and jumping up and down and shouting through faith in the power that showed up in the Egyptian palace and the Egyptian landscape from heaven that destroyed and leveled every demon god they worshipped showed them all up delivered the people who trusted in the living god god is ready to perform a miracle for us we must commune with god continually talk to him often and thank him and believe him and be on the same page that lord you want to lead me here to a deeper walk with you Lord the greater miracles I'm all for it Lord here am I Lord here I am Lord you want to send me through the Red Sea Lord if you said it I'm walking through hallelujah because I know you will part the sea for me it's through faith the people went on foot 
many times we look at the miracle and we may look at the whole scene of the Exodus and forget that according to the word of God here in Hebrews 11.29 the reason they didn't drown according to Hebrews 11.29 certainly the provision the grace of God but also the exercise of the gift of faith that God gave which means God can load us up with all kinds of gift cards and credit and blessings if we fail to believe and fail to show our belief by action then we can lose it all according to this verse when the Egyptians tried the difference noted here is that those guys didn't have faith while the Israelis had faith because it was through the means of faith that they went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground God made it that way when the Egyptians tried to follow they were all drowned the context is faith and I need to say oh my God oh help me never to question or doubt you Lord I will believe every word you say I will do what you say Lord I'm a citizen of heaven but I'm also a pilgrim passing through this wilderness world where God expects me to partner with him as co-heirs with Christ and heirs of God to believe for the miraculous and in honesty utter honesty utter humility utter holiness and utter hesed is loving kindness loving the Lord my God with all my heart soul and strength to believe the Lord your God is one Deuteronomy 6 Deuteronomy 6 4 and then love the Lord your God with all your heart mind soul and strength show that faith in action talk and walk walk and talk then you can go right through every red sea that comes your way because you're choosing to exercise the gift of faith that God has given you and the faith will go from one level to another because God is never static he never does things the same way or in the same degree he's an awesome God with unlimited power a heart full of love especially for his dearly loved children behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God it was by faith that same people kept the Passover took faith on the part of the leader to say if you put the blood of the lamb how does it work I don't know exactly every single detail but I know that God said to do it that if I do it I humble myself and submit to the counsel of God I will see a miracle that whereas the plague is destroying everyone everywhere all the firstborn it won't touch my firstborn God said to go and prepare such a meal and do things in haste you're going to take a flight now out of this slavery zone where you and your fathers your ancestors were held captive for over four centuries you're about to take a flight tonight God is the pilot are you ready to jump on board never mind the sea God's going to do a miracle stand still and see the salvation of the Lord when he parts it but then don't keep standing still you've got to walk through faith has feet the genuine faith will walk the talk the walk will be characterized also by the talk which implies a, a relationship and an intimate fellowship Enoch had the testimony that he pleased God because 
and soul is required in order to experience the miracle of God, an unprecedented miracle. Our God is a great God. He lives. Our God is a great God. He forgives. Our God is a great God. He provides passage through an impossible situation. Hallelujah. Many people are cataloged here in Hebrews 11. But among the lessons that the Holy Spirit has provided here is that we need to keep our eyes on Jesus who's at the right hand of the Father, always. We need to check ourselves to see whether we love this world more than we love heaven, whether we love this life more than the life that we're going to have in eternity with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, whether we become comfortable here that we don't like to partake with the believers who are suffering in helping them in becoming one with them, having that kinship and fellowship that I'm one body with the people of God who are suffering for the faith. And many of them so bold in the face of imminent death, refusing to run away from God and join the world and join the demons for physical life and physical safety. It's written that they were tortured. They didn't desire or go with an easy death. They actually said, I'm looking for a better resurrection. I want to live for God and die for God to the maximum, maximum extent that God will allow. He is so valuable to me. His name is so great. As we heard last evening, Nestor's message from the Holy Spirit. My God is worth living for and dying for. He's not worth dying for. He's not worth living for. And I can show that he's worth living for by being ready to die for him. And how do I show that practically? If I'm not called to be a martyr of sorts, in that manner, by not distancing myself from the crowd of Christians who are treated as dirt because of their faith by the devil and the devil's people and hostility from the world, but saying, those are my people, the ones in prison in China, in Africa and in India and Pakistan, in some of the most violent, hostile territories for Christians to live in, in Latin America, under communism and Buddhism and Islam and all kinds of forces that are hostile to Christianity. In the same book of Hebrews it says, remember those in bonds as if you are with them. In prison, feel that. And pray for them in that way. And choose not to side with the lukewarm Laodicean Christianity. Very casual. I'm taking things for granted. Loose with the mouth and loose with the lifestyle. But I'm a Christian. That's a contradiction. That is the dual life not prescribed are condoned by God in the scriptures. But a faith that knows I'm in this world called to overcome every obstacle in obedience to my great God to expand his kingdom and be a witness for God, be an example in my family and everywhere God puts me. All must know that my God is a great God, not simply by me shouting over there in the workplace, I'm blasting my worship music, 
but by my gentleness and humility, the fruit of the Spirit, as well as this faith for the miraculous from God, an active faith that I will continue to believe God for great things. And my walk will correspond with my talk. One is the evidence of the other, if it's sincere. The nature of Jesus Christ is revealed from a person who has genuine faith. And we live in a dual existence that is complementary. Strangers and pilgrims in this world seeking a better country, the new Jerusalem, to live with God forever. Our faith is insufficient and deficient if we don't desire to be with Jesus more than anything else and anyone else. If we're not ready to meet with God, then we have a deficient faith. We need to come up to speed in that. The Lord whatever love I have for creaturely comforts, inciting with people who seem to be all nice and living luxuriously. There's a segment of the Christian society that identify themselves by their actions regardless of how they speak of themselves and what faith they have. They may say, we belong to the Church of Philadelphia, we belong to the church of Smyrna. We're so faithful. We love God and we believe in suffering persecution for God. But upon examination of their actual lifestyle and attitudes and motives and desires and inmost heart, scanned by the Holy Spirit, many of them show up as belonging to the church at Laodicea, living in a far different place spiritually than they thought they were. But we are called to be like the people in Philadelphia church, the Philadelphian church, the church of Smyrna. People who are not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ readily willing to associate with the genuine believers all of the world who are facing tremendous suffering. I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering and in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us. So writes John the Apostle in Revelation 1, 8, uh, 1 night. He wasn't just a scribe, he was also a partner in the suffering for the faith. Notice the Lord says to the church at Ephesus, showing evidence of their faith, I know all the things you do, I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they're apostles but are not. You have discovered they're liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Genuine faith now, they needed to Love God. To have the faith perfected, the faith that works by love. To be all out for Jesus. To the church of Smyrna, he says, I know about your suffering and your poverty. But you are rich. God sees these people as rich in the world. They don't have fancy cars, maybe not even a car. And they're despised by other Christians who have all the material goods. So-called Christians. And God says you are the rich ones.
I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. They say they're Jews, but they're not, because their synagogue belongs to Satan. Don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for ten days, but if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. These people had genuine faith and their faith was mature and complete to the point that the Lord didn't have any complaint against them. One also be among the people in the Philadelphian church. Another group of people who had a faith that the Lord didn't have any complaint against. He told John, write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. Revelation 3.7 This is the message from the one who is holy and true. The one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close. What he closes, no one can open. I know all the things you do and I've opened the door for you that no one can close. Hallelujah. Right through the Red Sea. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. See? The evidence of genuine faith is obedience. Look, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue, those liars who say they are Jews but are not, they're claiming to be God's people, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones I love. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God. They will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God and they will be citizens of the city of my God. The new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven and from my God. I will also write on them my new name. This is the kind of faith we need to have. Overcoming whatever comes our way in this world by trusting God and ready to move when he says to move. Ready to see by faith that the obstacle will be removed by my almighty God and I will enter the promised land. I will enter all that God wants me to enter in this life to receive and to use His glory, to expand His kingdom, to bring my family into His kingdom, and even strangers, even enemies, as God ordains. But my eye is on the crown of life my eyes are upon the Lord Jesus Christ. My citizenship is in heaven. And that's from where I look for Savior. Faith receives from God. And continues to obey God. Believes in and loves the blesser much more than the blessing. Always careful not to be carried away with the blessing so that the blesser is forgotten by and by. We're called to trust God and obey God. We're called to believe God for the supernatural. We're called to walk through the Red Sea believing that God who opened the Red Sea will keep it parted until I finish my journey across it God will bring me to the other side this is my firm belief 
So help me God. God will help those who believe him. We have many examples of faith here. Exactly how they prove their faith. By staying close to the Creator. Talking with Him often, walking with Him. There's an intimate relationship, fellowship. And so God could reveal secrets to them. Because as they walked with God, they had a genuine, healthy fear of God. And it's written in the book of Psalms, the secret of the Lord's with them that fear Him. God will show the great things He has for Abraham who became a father of faith. And he was just Abram. Because he continued to believe and continued to obey. But he also lived a dual life that is the true Christian life. Suffer whatever I need to suffer to glorify God. Overcome all obstacles to have my faith intact. The glory and the strength of my Savior and His love finish His work on the earth and ready to take flight into my heavenly Canaan to be with Him forever, whom my soul loves. God is going before us, strengthening our faith, Let's continue to exercise it by fearing him and keeping everything he commanded us to keep, to do his will. Be willing to identify with those who are being persecuted for his name's sake, not to live aloof from that. And in a fantasy world, but in a world of genuine faith, knowing my true identity and I want to be found among the church of Smyrna and Philadelphia not Laodicea and the other churches. I want to live a life that God will have no complaint against. That's real faith. Seeking perfection. By the grace of God, with my cooperation, without frustrating that free gift, that grace, or leaving that faith unexercised, walking and talking with God in obedience and saying, Lord, you have much more for me to do. Oh, my Father, I believe you, my Father. Lead me, Lord. I want to do something for you, Lord, that will count for eternity. And I don't want to shortchange myself for the grand plan of God for my life. I want to finish the mission, Lord. I may have wasted many years. I've been diverted. But Lord, you're God who can redeem God who can help me finish well. Help me to have the stranger and pilgrim mentality in this world as I pass through. With whatever blessing I amass by the grace of Almighty God. And freely I've received, freely I distribute a gift. It's more blessed to give than to receive and continue to walk in the path of faith by believing God that whatever I give, God will give me much more. There's a genuine faith instead of hoarding, being miserly, and talking but not walking the walk of faith. The Lord said, if you have two coats, give one. Faith is evidenced by my charity, my love, and sharing my substance with those in need, especially of the household of faith. What good is it to say, God bless you? Be very careful to calculate how much I can, quote-unquote, afford to give. Not in reality, but because I want to protect my interests. Make sure I'm comfortable. That kind of giving will not be acceptable with God. God loves a cheerful giver who is a sacrificial giver. The widow gave all she had. And there's an example that the Lord sees very differently from how we calculate and see. 
the things we record perhaps in our mental or physical diary of what good thing we did for God or gave to people, maybe in heaven's bank account with our name on it, there's a zero credit. Because we gave in a grudging way with a lift of the lips they would appreciate with grumbling instead of freely giving saying Lord I don't have anything that I did not receive from you I'm just a clearinghouse Lord distribution center all that you give me Lord I want to use and also give These are the characteristics of genuine faith. Genuine faith will be heavenly minded. It was said of Adam Clark, I remember. He was uh, trained by John Wesley, the great British evangelist. This man was a man of very gifted mental powers suited for great study of the word of God in preaching the word of God it was said that he would come home to his family often without shoes he would go and preach in highly esteemed very intellectual very spiritual man very charitable but often his family would see him come home with no shoes. In those days, we know, even those among our generation, I know my grandfather and other people, in the older generations, when they bought a pair of shoes, it was authentic leather and meant to last for decades. And they would repair that same shoe. they bought a leather belt leather goods it was very durable they didn't cut corners usually in the materials like today or in the craftsmanship they knew how much people can afford and how this purchase is expected to last decades or maybe a lifetime and uh Imagine back in the early 1800s, how much more so. He was a gospel preacher, risen in some palace, serving some king as a tutor. And he had a family, but he came home often with no shoes. Which means that through his faith, God kept providing. The more he gave away, the more God kept replenishing. And his joy was that he practiced what he preached. Faith has feet. And he may come home barren-footed, barefooted, to show that that's a genuine faith that works for love. Trusting God. The widow trusted God. That's why she was so sacrificial. She trusted God. Real faith works as good works that will follow us all the way to heaven. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Shall we pray? Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the different lessons, Lord, you've highlighted. I pray that it would stick to our hearts, Lord. We would change the way we think about faith. This comprehensive view, Lord, that expands as we get closer to you. And to be all that you call us to be, Lord. Not to be lacking in anything. But to be built up, to become complete and perfect. Desire to suffer with the people of God and to seek the comfort of been for a season, the pleasures. Lord, to be extremely grateful to you 
and to show that by being extremely giving to our brothers and sisters who are in need and even strangers Lord as you prompt us to believe that everything I have in this life I must hold with a loose or open hand not a slack hand but a open hand toward heaven whatever God gives me he can use in any way he chooses because it came from him and after all it's all for his glory and I get to enjoy the privilege of being his child for eternity and his co-heir and his laborer in his vineyard just a servant destined for eternal glory to shine as the sun forever Thank you, Lord. Help us, Lord, to have a mature view of this Christian life, genuine faith marked by humility, and sacrificial love, and a identification with the suffering body of Christ who is standing up for your truth. Identify with those people, Lord to pray for them, to feel for them, and seek a miracle for them and their families. Lord, to have a passion to be with you more than anything else as an evidence of a mature faith and a genuine faith. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, help us to be simple. There's a little child believing your every word and eager to grow up into daddy's shoes to be just like our Lord Jesus Christ. Go before us this day, Lord, and bless every one of us, Lord, with all that we need, O oh, my Father, to overcome everything and then he brings our way to overcome, Lord, we may become pillars in your kingdom through faith. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen.